I remember that Father Gabriel and I were in the kitchen and a lot of times I watch EWTN on my phone when I'm in the kitchen cooking and eating. And there was a show on, it was, it was during Lent, it was right before Holy Week. And the show was speaking about the Shroud of Turin. I know Father Gabriel, he preached about this on Good Friday. I like to preach about it again. It's good to hear things again. And in the, in the show, they were showing the Shroud of Turin, and they were explaining all the sufferings of Christ, all that he, he, the crown of thorns. He said the crown of thorns actually did not go like this. It was a cap that went on his head, went into his ears, went into his forehead, and into his brain. It was a cap that went all the way into his brain. And then they were describing the scourging of how the, the scourging was done like expert Roman scourgers. And his back, on his front, on his legs, his whole body was completely scourged. And then they were describing the crucifixion that it actually wasn't, the nails weren't in his hands, it was in his wrists. Because if, they were in, if the nails were in his hands, it would have, it would have torn his hands. And so it was in his wrists. And doctors have described this nerve in the wrists, and, the, and they say it's like, it's like your body being on fire. That you would experience excruciating pain if you had a nail in your wrists, like Christ did. So they were describing all of these, the passion of Christ. And then they were, and then they were describing how the imprint came on the Shroud of Turin through his resurrection. It was like a photographic image. And at the end of the show, I'll never forget this, and Father Gabriel never forgot it either. At the end of the show, they, someone did, a sculptor did a sculpting of like a 3D sculpture of what Christ would have looked like in the Shroud of Turin. And it's a 3D sculpture, and they did it like exact specifications to how Christ actually looked. And they showed him in the sculpture. And, and first of all, Jesus was a big man. That was the first thing I saw. We, we both said, boy, look at his muscles. He's like rock. Now, this is Christ. He's fit. You can tell he was physically fit. But, but that wasn't the thing that, that stayed with us. That was one thing. I said, boy, Christ is fit. But the other thing that Father Gabriel and I saw was the face of Jesus Christ. And in that face of the replica of the shroud, there was this peace and this joy on Jesus's face. Something I, I've, I've never seen before, if, if you could say, I, th I think it's in Israel that they have the sculpture of this, this just, you see Christ's eyes closed and you see this like peace and this joy. And this is after they were describing all of his sufferings of getting beaten up on the cross. And here at the end, we, Father Gabriel and I both said, look at his face, look at his face. He's at complete peace and joy going through all these sufferings. It's like he wanted to give himself. It was a joy for Christ to give himself on the cross. 
And that, that just amazed us. To say, boy, he went through all that and look, his face is at peace. He's joyful that he's given his life for humanity. And he's risen from the dead and he's given us new life. Never forgot it. If I, if I could see that show again, I'd watch it. Uh, I'm the type of person who would watch a show like a thousand times. So it was like a kid that would read the same book again and again and again and again and again. And that would be a show I would watch like a thousand times and just stop it and look at the face of Christ and just contemplate how could he joyfully accept that cross? It's tough. When we think of Jesus the Messiah, there's so many misconceptions of Jesus. Oh, Jesus was just a nice man. He worked miracles. He did a lot of good. No, that's, that's limiting Christ. Christ did not just do a lot of good. Christ suffered for us. Christ gave his life for us on the cross. He died for us. That's what makes his life great. Christ did not redeem us from any miracles or healings that he did. And those miracles and healings were only of the physical body. Where Christ did his greatest work on earth was on the cross when he died for us. That was his greatest work on earth. When he shed his precious blood for us, when he gave his life for us, that's the greatest work of Jesus that he did on earth. That's what redeemed us. That's what gave us new life for our souls. And that's why the, the conception of the Messiah in Judaism, they thought that the Messiah would be like a King David and rail all of his enemies and come on the clouds of heaven. But Jesus tells Peter here, no, he's going to be a different kind of Messiah. He must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. That he is to be killed, and on the third day be raised. And of course, the apostles don't understand it. And Peter says, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. God forbid that you should suffer. No, I don't want a suffering Messiah. I want a Messiah that's going to work miracles and healings and preach great homilies. That's the type of Messiah I want. But a suffering Messiah? No, no. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Cause him Satan. He says, you're an obstacle to me. Or you, or you are a stumbling block to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Do you realize in this previous passage that Peter just confessed Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ? And Jesus says, you are the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church so that the gates of hell may not prevail. And he gives them the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He calls Peter a rock. And here in this very next passage, he calls Peter a stumbling block, a different kind of rock. See the contrast? 
Sometimes Peter gets it right, and sometimes he really blows it and gets it wrong. Sometimes Peter is speaking with the Spirit of God, and sometimes he's speaking from his human side. And we all have that within us. Sometimes we can speak from the Spirit of God, and sometimes we speak from our human side. So Jesus first is the one who carries the cross, who goes through suffering for us, who lays down his life for us. And so then he says, if you want to be a Christian, that is a follower of Christ, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Is it just accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior in your heart? No, it's more. That might be a first step. But then Jesus says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's a tough passage. I don't know about you, that's one of the most difficult passages in Scripture to follow. To follow Christ that you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself all kinds of pleasures. You must deny yourself riches of the world. You must deny yourself your own free will, even. And then take up your cross, which is difficult. Crosses are not easy. And then follow Jesus. That, that's a tough pill to swallow. How many of us, when we're given suffering in life, whether it's physical suffering or crosses, and we say, no, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want to suffer. God forbid that I should suffer. I've been a good Christian. Why should I suffer? Why should I have pain in my life? Why should I have illness? Why don't you heal me? Why don't you take me off this cross? You're speaking like the bad thief on the cross when you say that. But some people are like that. As soon as they receive any kind of suffering, any kind of cross, they're complaining to God. And they're like, God, why don't you just heal me from this? Why should I suffer? You're thinking as a human being does, not as God does. You don't realize how much that suffering will bring you closer to Christ. You don't realize how much that suffering will purify you, how much that cross will purify you, how much that cross will advance you in the spiritual life. Sometimes we can only advance in the spiritual life when God puts us through a cross, when he puts us through a purification and a suffering. There's no other way. There's no other way sometimes to break from sin except that God gives us a cross. He gives us a purification. He purifies our senses. He purifies our spirit. He purifies our will to make us stronger. And only God can do that. And only God knows the cross to give us where it's going to be difficult. We could give ourselves crosses. We could fast and you know, do all kinds of ascetical practices, which is good. But a lot of times that's easy because we're choosing it. We're choosing the, 
this suffering to give to God. But rather, what's more difficult is to accept the suffering that God gives to us. That's more difficult. That's what's called passive suffering. And that's what Jesus did during his passion. Then Jesus goes further. He talks about martyrdom. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's not just losing your life, but it's losing your life for Jesus. It's giving your life for Jesus. And then he explains further. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Sometimes in life, all we're doing is we're searching for more riches. We're searching to advance, say, in our job. We're searching to be better. If only I would advance, and if only I would get more money. And I always say, and then what? So you advance, so you got your degree, you paid off all your loans, then what? Then well, you get a good job, then what? Then you get a better job, then what? Then you get more money, then what? Then you buy a house, then what? Then you buy a car, then what? Then you buy a bigger house, then what? Then you buy a bigger car, then what? Then you get married, and you have lots of children, and then what? See that? You can keep going. Well, then I have, you know, I become a multimillionaire, then what? Then I become a multi-billionaire, then what? Then I become a multi-trillionaire, then what? Are you really going to be happy? And suppose you accumulate all of the goods of the earth, and they're all yours. They're all yours to have. Will you be happy? Will you truly be happy? If it's all for yourself? Suppose you were a military leader and you conquered the entire world. Suppose you conquered every country and you were the king, the Lord. Like in Risk. You ever play the game Risk? Or you conquer the world. And then it's like, then what do you do? You're on top. It's lonely on top. What do you do then? Do you become a dictator over people? Do you lord it? See that? And it becomes all for self. That's what Jesus is talking about. And yet, you could accumulate all that power, all that wealth, everything. And at the end of your life, it's all taken away from you by an illness, by a sickness. A little illness that's within you that you can't even see, and it takes your life. And then what? And you lose your soul in the end for all eternity. Because it was all about me. It was all about self. That's a miserable life. What Jesus is saying is give of yourself. What can one give in exchange for his life? It's better to die to yourself. Give yourself. Empty yourself out for one another. That's what marriage is about. Marriage is about emptying yourself for your spouse, giving yourself for your spouse. But my spouse is miserable. Too bad. Give yourself even more. But my spouse doesn't thank me. Give yourself even more. 
That's what Jesus did on the cross. He gave himself even when we were ungrateful for the gift. He still gives of himself, gives of himself in the Eucharist, keeps giving of himself until we respond. It's better to give of yourself, to empty yourself. And when you empty yourself, that's when you find yourself. How do you do that? The cross will take you there. The cross and suffering takes you there to empty yourself, to be totally emptied in order that another soul may be saved. That's what suffering does. Jesus said to St. Faustina, certain sinners are only saved not but just by prayer, but by suffering also. Certain sinners, I'm told really bad sinners, you not only have to pray for them, you have to suffer for them. And only when you suffer for them will they be saved. I'd like to read to you an experience that St. Faustina had about suffering. This is paragraph, my eyes are going, 1454. 1454, if you want to look it up. And now I'm going to read some other passages after that, 1457 and then 1459. This was an experience of physical suffering of a cross that she had. And you're going to think, oh, this is so terrible. But then I want to relate to you what Jesus says to her about her suffering. So she says, when night fell, the physical sufferings increased and were joined by moral sufferings. Night and suffering. The solemn silence of the night made it possible for me to suffer freely. My body was stretched on the wood of the cross. I writhed in terrible pain until 11 o'clock. I went in spirit to the tabernacle and uncovered the ciborium, leaning my head on the rim of the cup, and all my tears flowed silently toward the heart of him who alone understands what pain and suffering is. And I experienced the sweetness of the suffering my soul came to desire the sweet agony, which I would not have exchanged for all the world's treasures. The Lord gave me strength of spirit and love toward those whom these sufferings came. This then was the first day of the year. How would you like to celebrate your new year like that? That was her first day of the year. Then the following day, January 2nd, 1938, she said, as I was preparing for Holy Communion today, Jesus demanded that I should write more, not only about the graces which he grants me, but also about external matters, and this for the consolation of many souls. And then she writes, after that night of suffering, when the priest, Father Matzinger, entered my cell with the Lord Jesus, such fervor filled my whole being that I felt that if the priest had tarried a little longer, Jesus himself would have leaped out of his hand and come to me. And then this is what Jesus says to her about her sufferings, her cross. After Holy Communion, the Lord said to me, if the priest had not brought me to you, I would have come myself under the same species. My daughter, your sufferings of this night obtain the grace of mercy for an immense number of souls. Her night of suffering obtained the grace of mercy for an immense number of souls. We don't know how many souls. Jesus just says for an immense number of souls. 
So if we unite our sufferings with the cross of Jesus Christ, we can save many souls from hell. And so whatever sufferings that the Lord gives you, don't complain about your cross. Kiss your cross. Kiss it even if you have tears, even if you're in pain, even if it's very difficult. Kiss your cross. Get a cross, get a crucifix, and kiss it. And keep kissing it. Say, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for these crosses that you're giving me. Your help to, pure, to purify my soul and to save an immense number of souls for your honor and your glory. It's the cross that brings us salvation. There's no other way to heaven but through the wood of the cross. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.